What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another week, week 12 of the playbook with Joey and Zach at WZBC AM Sports Radio. We hope all is well with each of you and hope the first half of the week has gone well. Believe it or not, it is our last episode before spring break, so we will try to cover a ton in tonight's episode. Uh, tonight, we will stop by recapping the hockey showdown from this past weekend between BC and BU Hockey and preview BC Hockey's final home and home series of the radio season against UMass Amherst this coming weekend. Then we'll give our picks for the Hockey East tournament and the ACC men's basketball tournament, both of which will take place next week. After that, we'll discuss Major League Baseball's failure to reach an agreement with the union before the collective bargaining agreement deadline, forcing the league to cancel the first two series of the season. At the end, we'll discuss the recent performances at the Celtics and Bruins. And another announcement we have, uh, we have spring break off next week, then the Wednesday night after that, we'll have a March Madness preview, um, which we're super excited about. Love March Madness, so can't wait to get into that. Yes, sir. Yeah, hopefully, we have some good things to say about the hockey's tournament, too. Mm-hmm. And the ACC hopefully. Tournament. hopefully. <laughs> we'll we'll see. That a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, tonight, to start off, BCBU, uh, Friday's game against BU got canceled, unfortunately, at BC. Kind of killed the vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. All the hype was, was gone because of the snowstorm killing Yeah, not many students ended up showing up. I didn't go. Just yeah. had a lot going on. It's kind of tough having a game Sunday at 4 p.m. Um, I mean, solid win for the team regardless, but yeah, it's definitely not ideal win. that you know they move the game to a Sunday afternoon. Because um, originally it was supposed to be the women's game against UMaine. It was supposed to be like 4 p.m. and men's versus BU at 7 o'clock. And, you know, everyone's psyched for primetime 7 p.m. Uh, Friday night game yeah. against BU. Yeah, I mean... Everyone was stoked for that, and then you know Friday morning we get an email that the women's game will be at seven and the men's game is Sunday, which tough hit. Didn't really make sense for me. I'd rather honestly, if they could push the BU game to four on Friday than four on Sunday. Yeah, that's even tough. that would have been better if they had to delay the main game. But yeah, I mean it was tough. At BC they played well on Sunday. Saturday's game was tough. Six three loss to BU at BU. Uh, Jack McBain added two goals and three. Uh, he has three goals in his last two games. Actually, had two goals on Saturday, one on Sunday. Drew Hellison also had an assist. He's got three points in his last two games as well. They fell down 3 nothing right away. Uh, it was 5-1 after BU stopped forward. Dylan Peterson had a couple goals. Uh, Luke Tuck also added a couple goals as well for them. Uh, we know BU's offense can score. BC's defense had to play better than they ever have. They wanted to beat them even once, and obviously they did Sunday. So uh, it's a good win for BC. Sunday's 3-1 win uh, was BU's first regulation loss since November 27th, actually, against... I believe it's Cornell, um, so which is nuts. They haven't lost a game since Thanksgiving, basically, but in regulation. But BC got big it done. BC. Sunday, big win. Uh, BC to go two and two in the last week against Northeastern and BU hockey was was huge. That's what they kind of needed just to get back on track. New mindset. Now you five hundred in the last four games. Uh, they need to win the hockey's tournament, obviously, to make it into the Frozen Four tournament. Um, and one question mark is always Eric Dopp, and he's played very well. I mean, Sunday played very well. He stopped forty one. Mm-hmm. Was forty two shots faced. Yeah, he's been holding up the last few weeks. I mean. Giving up six goals to BU on Saturday night was tough, obviously. Um, not all those are his fault. Then again, um, you know, we've had a Roger lot of issues Warren. with defense yeah, this year, him. especially him. He's caught sleeping um, every game. But, you know, overall the last few weeks, I mean, outside of that game Saturday night, he's really stepped up the last few weeks. Um, we haven't really seen some of these five, six goal uh, blowouts like we have earlier in this year. Yeah, we were accustomed to them pretty quickly, actually, after the first you know two weeks. But, uh, yeah. but the positive is how well the Olympics have played in there. Uh, Trip back uh, to playing now, you know, college hockey. McBain and Hallison scored two goals uh, past Team USA's uh, Drew Camesso um, this weekend. Giles also had an empty net at the end of the game. Um, Hallison and McLaughlin had two points each on Sunday. Um, both of those Olympians were huge as well. The, the Team USA ones, obviously, McBain, I, I highlighted three goals in the last two games. He played great. Um, mm-hmm. And one problem, VC's, you know, defense has been the issue. Dahl played very well, though. And uh, I think for the most part, this whole season, it's been 
a consistency on defense because BC's actually scored a good amount of goals. Uh, right now they're scoring the second uh, most amount of goals in the Hockey East with 102 on the season, but they've also surrendered the most goals with 113, which is 14 more than any other team in the Hockey East. So uh, behind Maine, Maine's second with 99. Uh, to allow 14 more goals than any other school in the Hockey East just proves defense has been an issue. And Dop is part mm -hmm. of that, but we know Marshall Ward's caught sleeping on mm -hmm. a daily basis out there. It's not always Dop's fault. We don't have much depth either. It's yeah. kind of Hallison and then it's kind yeah, of a free-for-all. Yeah, offensive guys too. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. Hallison's, you know, a better defensive uh, defenseman than Marshall Warren is, but neither one are, you know, like a Jordan Harris on Northeastern where they'd rather play defense than, you know, try to score a goal and get an assist. Um, mm -hmm. Different mindset, obviously, to be an offensive defenseman or be a primary defensive defenseman, but um, as seen with Northeastern's two goals uh, a week and a half ago, two or three of them were Marshall Warren's fault in that game at BC. Just mm -hmm. sleeping. Yeah, sometimes he just sleeps. He goes up too far trying to get a goal, trying to make a highlight play, and then yeah, all of a sudden kind of gets caught lacking, and then, you know, guys get behind him and one, two, three, it's behind the net so yeah it's definitely not easy i mean bc's got two big games this coming weekend uh against umass amherst umass amherst has been hot all year they're currently first in the hockey east uh 14 6 and 2 in the year they have 46 points so they lead the hockey east there um they have 14 6 and 2 in the hockey east and then 19 10 and 2 uh overall they've scored 101 goals from right behind bc uh bc's got 102 so they're actually third in the hockey east and goals scored umass but they've also given up the least with 74 goals besides northeast got 58 this year. Gonna love oh, wow. Simp <laughs> and Levi. Just goats, dude. TJ Simp for Simp. He's the hey, GOAT. Boys. He's the GOAT. But uh, yeah, UMass Amherst Hockey's been, been putting up a lot of goals. Um, and they've been playing great defense, too, for the most part. Getting up 74 goals all year in 31 games is, is really good. Uh, Northeast is 58 in 33 games elite, though. Wow. Uh, yeah, 59 now in 34 games, actually. But That is pretty elite. I mean, they're a solid defensive team, and they have high hopes for the Hockey East tournament. So we'll see how that plays out next week. Yeah, so BC, UMass Amherst, any predictions? Big game coming in, obviously. BU. Mm -hmm. Should be a good game Friday BU night. BU was huge. Um, so mm -hmm. having two more. I mean, having UMass come to town, too, you know, the reigning national champ, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's hot that it comes in the Friday night of spring break because you'll be chilling at the Cape. I'll be in Clearwater Beach. So neither of mm -hmm. us will be able it's to tough. go to the game. But it's all right. Either way, it should be a good game for the remaining crowd that's still on campus. Um, I mean, this BC team, you really never know the way they play. Um, you know, sometimes they get hot some nights, and then other nights they just get smoked. Um, but any given night, this team can beat anyone. So I got BC in a win, 4-2 over UMass. Um, should be a good game either way, though. I'd expect the offense to stay consistent at the least. Um, you know, what you said, McBain, McLaughlin, um, being very reliable this year and scoring a lot of goals for the team. Yeah, I think the one thing is stopping UMass Amherst from scoring. I know they played Northeast, and I got out of hand by the – First period, Levi gave like four goals in the first like period and change, I think, if I remember right. So mm -hmm. it's slowing them down. I mean, uh, Scott Morrow has been great. He's got 30 points for them. Bobby Trevino's got 42. He's got 17 goals and 25 assists. It's not stopping those two guys. Matt Murray's been great all year, also in net for them. Uh, he's given up 2.32 goals a game, so you know you can score against him. Uh, still a good, you know, goals against, you know, average. But um, you know BC can at least score a couple goals because their offense hasn't really been the issue for the most part. They're losing a lot of six to three, five to two games. So getting two or three goals a game typically should win you more games than BC has this season. Mm -hmm. um, For sure. And also Matt Murray's got ninety-two percent save percentage, so um, still a good save percentage. But you know you can get some shots on goal. BC's actually been lighting it up in the shots on goal department against Northeastern. They had you know forty-three in that beanpot game, forty-two in that beanpot game, mm -hmm. where Semp was just unreal. Yeah, and Semp saved what forty-two out of the forty-three. Such a crazy. beast, dude. He really is a beauty. That guy's a beast. But uh, <laughs> Matt Murray has played great, so. Uh, I think one thing for BC is uh, just getting shots on goal. I mean, he's 92% save percentage, as like I said, but um, just keep lighting up the shots on goal. Like we said, against Semp, for BC sure, yeah. really did light it up. Semp mm -hmm. was just unreal. Just got to keep that momentum going after the big win Sunday. So should be a good game regardless. Um, definitely excited to see what happens with that.
Yeah, should be good. Um, I'll give my prediction. Let me think. I'll go BC winning the Friday night one, even though it'll be a tough crowd. Probably won't be as many people. And I know UMass Amherst fans mm-hmm. travel well, which which really uh, is devastating knowing that BC won many fans there. Um, since I know UMass fans, they travel well after they won the Hockey East tournament and then obviously won the uh, national championship last year. They're going to travel well. But um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go BC 3-2 to two win on Friday, and I will go UMass. But, hey, splitting again actually would be good for BC. They go 3-3 three and three, you know, against Northeastern BU and – uh, UMass, so that would actually be huge going into the hockey's tournament. I'm going to go UMass. Yeah, that would be impressive. By itself, five to two those three teams. on Saturday. They, they, they like to run oh, up yeah. the score, so maybe it'll be like a four to two game, and they'll get it. You know, go like a minute to go. Awesome. They do love running up the score. That's why I really can't stand UMass Amherst mm-hmm. hockey. But um, yeah, I'm not a fan of them either. That's how it is. But um, it's unfortunate. Yes, let's tournament. move into yeah hockey's tournament. Actually, coming up next week um, should be electric. You know, a lot of hot teams right now: BU, Northeastern, UMass Amherst. A lot of contenders. Um, just the nature of the tournament, anyway. Um, you know, just having single elimination hockey, it's really anyone's game. Uh, just whoever gets hot at the right time. We saw it with UMass Lowell last year. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was UMass Lowell that won. And UMass yeah. Lowell won last year. I forgot that was USM Amherst for a second. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, they got hot yeah. at the right time, had the big comeback against BC in the semifinals. Um, that was a really tough game for us to watch. Um, but you really never know. So I still think, you know, any team has a shot, especially a team like BC that's, you know, some nights they've been really hot and then some nights they look horrible and like look like they're falling asleep, really. So, um, you know, I wouldn't close the door on any major upsets in the tournament just yet. Um, definitely excited for it, though. Who's your winner right now? Um, I think we know my prediction. Yeah, we, we know, know, we know we're going know. with it. I don't it, even but, know why I asked. Uh, I think the interesting thing, though, is now this year is the first year they're doing all 11 schools are able to participate. So it's a single elimination, like Zach said. It used to be the top eight teams compete in the bottom three on in the tournament. But this year it's going to be top uh, all 11, actually, rather than the top eight. Um, seeds six, seven, and eight will host seeds eleven, ten, and nine respectively in the opening now uh, opening round uh, this coming Wednesday next week, March 9th. Um, after reseeding the top three seeds, uh, will host the winners of the opening round, while the four seed will host the five seed in the quarterfinals on Sunday, on Saturday, March 12th. Um, this comes straight from the hockey's website. Um, also, the championship and semifinals will be at the Garden actually again on March 18th and 19th, um, which is pretty cool. It's take, it's getting a return to the Garden, but mm-hmm. um, it looks like right now it would be. BC versus, U- uh, versus UNH um, on March 9th. It's looking like that would be the first round game. BC and UNH are uh, currently the eight and nine teams. Um, I think the interesting thing is that uh, BC earlier in the year played UNH in, I believe it was January, January 14th to 15th in Durham, New Hampshire, and they lost 3-2 to two and 5-2. to two. Um, UNH does get you know some shots on goal. They average 2.25 goals a game, um, but they're 2-2 two and two in their last four games, just like BC. They did beat UMass Lowell. Um, last weekend, 3 nothing. So not this last weekend, but two weekends ago now. Uh, would be a solid matchup. Uh, a couple guys to highlight. Obviously, we already highlighted Jack McBain and Hellison. Uh, Dopp, obviously, would play a big role in McLaughlin. Um, senior forward Jack Pearson on UNH leads the team with 12 goals right now. So they don't have a crazy goal scorer with, you know, 25, 20 goals. Um, they just have a lot of guys that contribute, uh, you know, little things like assists. You know, 10 goals by five guys rather than two guys with 20 goals. So mm-hmm. um, we've seen them hang on some tough games this year, too. They beat BC twice this year. Yeah, BC. Those are tough games to watch. That was over winter break. Um, UMass right Lowell. Yeah. Beating them's actually, you know, tough to do, um, especially since UMass Lowell has been really hot all year. Um, but uh, Jack Pearson had a goal in assist against BC um, so far this year on the Tyler Ward. Um, is tied with Pearson for uh, the team lead in points of 23. He also had two assists against BC um, earlier in the year, so two points just like Pearson. Um, and then goalie Mike Robinson surrenders 2.46 goals a game, so with a 90% save percentage. So 90% save percentage, I mean, none of them are elite. You can get shots on goal on, on, on all these guys, and it's just about timing it right and BC setting up their offense, which they've done. It's just been defense, as I said, and BC mm-hmm. can score for sure. Um, but 
Uh, my prediction for this game, I'm going to go BC 3-2 win over UNH. I think it'd be a good game. I think BC comes on top. They got more talent. Just UNH obviously beat them earlier mm-hmm. in the year when uh, BC probably just wasn't feeling. Now they're 2-2 two two in their last four games. Mm-hmm. So Higher stakes, too. Um, yeah, I would take BC as well in that game. I'm going to go actually 4-1. to one. I don't think it'll be that close. You know, we've seen UNH hanging a couple of these close regular season games, but it kind of seems like looking at a lot of these past games that they just caught teams at the right time. Um, obviously, Hockey East higher stakes um, makes it a bigger deal for BC, and BC does just have a lot more talent out there offensively and defensively. Um, so it should be a solid win for BC, and then that would move us. I was if all the seating holds still, that would move us into the uh, quarterfinals against UMass, which would be a tough matchup, but. Then again, single elimination tournament, high stakes. You never know what's going to happen. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it'd be a good game. Who do you got winning the Hockey East tournament? I got BC winning the Hockey East tournament. I, I know it's a hot it. take, I mean, but obviously know, high stakes. All you got to do is win four games. So My dad would be psyched. Um, so. You know, it's just a matter of what team gets hot at the right time. and um, So, you know, it's anyone's game, really. Um, I mean, we've seen this team struggle all year, but they still had a lot of positives, beating Northeastern, BU, and then hopefully UMass this weekend. Um, you know, three of the top teams in the Hockey East. Uh, those would be huge wins, obviously, if we can uh, pull together UMass this weekend. So uh, this team can really hang with anyone. There's a lot of talent. Um, obviously, it would be nice that the defense could get figured out, but it seems like that won't happen in time. But the goal, score, uh, the goal scoring can remain strong. Uh, you got guys like McBain, McLaughlin. Um, you know, they can really carry the load on offense. And if we can keep that momentum up, I got BC winning four straight games. I respect that. Um, quick shout-out. Uh, my family friend from the Cape, Tim Loftus, the goat, the whole, whole Loftus family full of goats. Uh, he gave his prediction 4-3 BC on Friday against UMass. Let's so go. We got another BC winning prediction on Friday. Which is nice. It's three two, BC so. predictions. How do you get all of us on the, you know, everyone on the same page? From mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often for BC there. hockey this year. Hopefully they win. But, um, What's your prediction now? So I got Northeastern winning hockey. So I'm sure it's not a surprise, surprise to anyone <laughs> here. I'll go off on a quick you know, ramble as I always do every week. For Northeastern, it's looking like it'd be the winner of Providence versus Vermont right now if the season ended today. But a lot could change. Um, they have to be prepared to play anyone, really. The Hockey East is very close right now. Northeastern, Merrimack, UConn, UMass Lowe, BU, Providence are all within three points of each other, which is one game, you know, one winning game in regulation. So there's mm-hmm. a lot at stake this coming weekend in the final regular season series of the year and for all the Hockey East teams. Northeastern was in great position, actually. Had two huge wins last weekend um, against UConn. Uh, against UConn. Uh, they had I hit six straight Northeast hockey games actually, which is impressive. Until Saturday that last is. week, I missed it. I wasn't even hitting you math well in there. I did. I, I, we met all the wow. players too. I've already shouted them all out. They're all great guys. They're all beasts. Um, shout out Mark Walsh too. He was he was at uh, five of them last week and he missed, but he was at five of them. Um, but they lost last night to UVM. Uh, it was a COVID postponement game from I think it was January. They you know postponed it till now and they fell one nothing. Couldn't get anything going offensively. Um, really tough game to lose, especially since they looked so great this past weekend. Um, Aiden McDonough was great on Friday. Um, he had two assists and a goal in uh, a 3-1 win at Matthews Arena. Um, had a goal from Gunnawag and also shout out Finn Kelly. He's the one that made the Gunnawag a nickname. So I'm commenting on his <laughs> Instagram. So. You love that name. Uh, it's the best nickname in college hockey, uh, Gunnawag. But Ty Jackson added a goal. Um, and then Saturday, a 5-2 win. Uh, they trailed 2-0 after 1 and 2-1 after 2 periods. Uh, they had four goals in the third period. The Huskies, a hat trick from Aiden McDonough. Uh, he also had another assist. Um, 22 goals a season, tied for second right now in college hockey with A.J. Vandebeck of Northern Michigan. He's also one goal behind Ethan Frank of Western Michigan. I've highlighted all three of those guys all year since they've been in the top of college hockey scoring uh, mm-hmm. the entire season. Um, it's been neck and neck. But McDonough, seven-point weekend, very great weekend for him, four goals, three assists. Um, and then also Ty Jackson, Jack Hughes, um, both added goals on Saturday as well. 
Um, and then Jordan Harris also had an assist. Had to shout him out. Um, BC uh, versus Merrimack. No, not BC. Excuse me. Northeastern plays Merrimack uh, this coming Friday and Saturday. Friday's uh, senior day, actually. So Julian Kislin, Tommy Miller, Jordan Harris. Um, they all get one more run um, at Matthews Union for a regular season game. Um, they should host a playoff game. So um, I'd imagine, you know, it won't be the last game at Matthews. But I think they need to win both games. I'm going to go Huskies 4-2 win. On Friday, 3-1 to one win on Saturday. I think Riley Hughes, Aiden McDonough, Jordan Harris, Sam Kalinger, Jakob Novak, Ty Jackson, they all got to score goals. Um, one thing I want to highlight real quick um, is how great Devin Levi played this past weekend. Coming back from the Olympics from Team Canada, he stopped 100 of the 103 shots he faced, actually. 60 wow. out of 61 on Friday, 40 of 42 on Saturday. That was elite. I mean, it was just unreal. It was honestly unfair how how good he was. And I'm a big Semp, Semp guy. Semp's unreal. That's my boy. But mm-hmm. Levi was just out of his mind. On, on you know this both games Friday and Saturday I know this yesterday was a tough game against UVM you can't lose that game to UVM that was actually tough especially since now they fall from 13 to 16 in the POI's rankings and you really want to be top 11 or 12 to feel comfortable going into the hockey's tournament um, mm-hmm. since you know if the team wins their division uh, you know tournament they obviously make it in so yeah UVM really have been struggling all year too yeah can't. five and fifteen in the conference I mean beating them would have given a second place in the Hockey East, and then also a chance to win the regular season Hockey East title if BC were to beat UMass one game and Northeastern were to beat Merrimack both games, which that's devastating to lose. Um, but as I said before, though, you know, you know I always roll with the skis, so I'm going to take them the Hockey East tourney. Um, but as I said, the Hockey's very close right now. Um, and I was actually at Northeastern's basket game last Tuesday against Charleston. Tough loss there, but shout out Tim, Timmy Loftus, my boy from Emmanuel. Um, and then I was at Thursday's game against William & Mary, big win for basketball. And it's Saturday. I got to see Senior Day for my boys, Shaq Walters and uh, Jason Strong. I got to see their last games at Matthews Arena. So, um, so tough loss there to Elon. I was there three straight days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then last Tuesday. So and Tuesday, too. Four Every to five day. days. And then I Every hit it. day, it's like I'm going to Northeastern. Like that. Then I hit it. I was there today, actually, too. I, I had class wow. at Copley for my theology class. Um, shout out Monsignor Bergen, the GOAT from Southie. Um, I was in Copley today, so I met up with Mark Walsh. Me and him got lunch, which was lit. Mark Walsh the Goat, you know, I've said his name just about every episode. But Saturday, I actually went to Northeastern, too. My cousin, Finn, um, shout out Uncle Gene, right. Helena, had a, Tristan, Had a big night at Northeastern, tore it up out we there. Had a, <laughs> we had a great night. As I said, shout out Uncle Gene, Helena, Tristan, and Finn for a great Saturday. Went out to dinner, had a great time. It was truly a pleasure. And then the boys got af- after it afterwards, me, Tristan, and Finn. So that was three straight nights at Northeastern. And then also, uh, I was there uh, today. So what's that, five out of the last seven days I was there? Five of the last eight, whatever it is. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, but yeah, I've been running it up there. But big street for Shout out to Helena and Jean. They 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 really gave us a great time on Saturday. We had a great dinner, and then mm-hmm. obviously being able to go to can you tell know, you had a great that. time afterwards. Too. Yeah, no. <laughs> so my I we got sidetracked a little, but we had, we had a good night. But got a little sidetracked. So hockey East finals. I'm gonna go skis by a milli. I'm gonna take them over UMass Amherst three to two win. Obviously, if you win the hockey East tournament, it's an automatic bid to the Frozen Four tournament. And as I said, Northeast is currently 16th in the pay-wise, and you want to be 11 or 12 to really be safe. So they need to run the table and get a big win. Um, For sure. Need, need someone to step up. But there's my rambling about Northeastern. We'll, we'll move on to, uh, let's see. Oh, AIC hockey real quick. Hold on. Just had to finish uh, college ahead. hockey. Uh, they won their fourth straight regular season title um, in the Hawk, in the Atlantic Hockey Conference. Uh, finished the season 18-12-3, despite the 1-5-1 record to start the season in the first seven games. Um, they were also 3-9-1 their first 13 before my boy Steven called in. When he called in, they went an 11-game 11, 11 winning streak and went 13-1-1 one one or something in their last 15 games when he called in at one point. Um, senior forward, Chris Theodore, has been great all year. He's got 26 points. Jake Stell, my boy, my favorite player on the team, um, he's got 25 points, just like Justin Young. He's also got 25 point, uh, points as well. And Jake Kukowski has played well all season in net. He's 12-7-3 um, in his sophomore season. 
uh, red shirt, sophomore season that is. Um, so my conference predictions there, I'm going to go ASC by a milli um, in the Atlantic Hockey <laughs> Division. Let's I get go. Michigan in the Big Ten, Minnesota State in the Central Collegiate Hockey Association. I got Quinnipiac in the ECAC. All of those are kind of favorites. They've been dominating all year. So uh, Michigan actually might be second or third in the Big Ten. But then I got Northeastern in the Hockey East. Yeah, I got Western Michigan and the NCHC. Okay, there we go. There's a college okay, hockey wow. There all you in. go. Mm-hmm. What a run. Yes, now I'll move into college basketball, um, BC basketball, and then the ACC tournament's coming Still up it. next week as well. Um, so super exciting time for college basketball. I'm pumped for um, you know the uh, conference tournaments to start beginning and then March Madness as well. Um, so BC basketball, they've had a solid last few weeks, actually. They beat expectations. Actually, after our episode last Wednesday, they had a big win over NC State, 69-61, uh, giving them two ACC wins in a row, which is great to see. They haven't done that all year. Um, and then Clemson at Saturday uh, at home, they had a tough loss for a senior day, 70-60. to um, But the team put up a good fight. They brought it close within six points a lot of times at the end of the game um, and just couldn't finish. They couldn't bring it back together at the end. Uh, Clemson held strong. Uh, Chase Hunter had 23 points for Clemson. He was a great shooter, shooting 7 for 9 from the field. And then Alamir Dawes, who kind of killed us in the first half of our first game against Clemson this year, uh, he added 12 points as well, hitting four three-pointers. Um, he had 16 points, actually. So um, we had a tough time stopping him, and uh, he had a lot of open looks from three. Um, but on the BC side of things, Karnak led the way with 17 points. Shooting five for six in the field. Um, Jaden Zachary had another solid performance, scoring 14 points. I thought he's been really impressive this year. Um, no great to see him. He kind of does it all. He gets steals, assists, rebounds. Um, he's actually right now in fourth place for the most steals by a freshman in BC history, um, which is impressive. And with two more games to go, uh, we actually have a game against Miami tonight, which we're going to at 9 o'clock, which we're psyched about. And then we close out the regular season at Georgia Tech on Saturday. Um, he's got a chance to move up to number one, um, who I believe is Dana Barros, um, who's, you know, a BC and NBA legend. legend. Yeah, um, so that'd be really cool to see him work his way up there. He's been super impressive for a freshman all year. Um, looking at the box score for BC versus Clemson, uh, Clemson kind of dominated the glass, having 40 rebounds to BC's 30. Uh, they shot better from three-point. BC really struggled. Uh, BC shooting 20% from three. Um, you know, it was slow all night. Brevin Galloway had a couple good shots. Uh, finished with 11 points, shooting three for nine from three. Um, you know, definitely a step up from the way he's looked in games like Duke, where he went like one for 12 or something, um, which was a bit of a headache. Um, but Saturday, he looked solid in front of the home crowd uh, for senior day. Um, not a lot of depth used by BC on Saturday. Um, the only fr- uh, the only two guys that came in off the bench, BC used a seven-man rotation. It was Kanye Jones and DeMar Langford. Um, DeMar Langford coming off the bench because he got hurt during the NC State game last week. Um, but solid game overall for the team. Um, I mean, can't be mad about that loss. And then uh, should be a good Miami game tonight. So who do you got in that one? Yeah, it should be a good game. BC uh, currently right now are four-point underdogs. And this game, four and a half was the line. Um, should be a good game. I think BC could definitely eke out a win. I think it would be a close one. Um, that NC State win last week was a huge one. Um, Quinta Post's mm-hmm. return was huge. He had 18 points, four rebounds. Uh, Connick dominated the boards, had 11 points and nine rebounds. I think rebounding was a huge issue in, in both of their absences when, you know, we had Justin Vandervon playing, you know, 10 minutes and you had uh, Gianni yeah, Thompson playing center and Makai mm-hmm. uh, Ashton Langford is, you know, probably playing small forward because mm-hmm. they had to move to my Langford to center. I mean, the whole lineup was mixed. You know, you had guys playing forward and center mm-hmm. and all that. I do like the way BC has been using Karnak and Post together on the court. Um, I think both of them have been taking the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah twin we need the size out there. 
We need mm. both. It's definitely harder to defend. But I think it'd be a good game. I'll take... Uh, since I'm not even betting on it, I mean, yeah, why not? I'll take BC by, uh, BC by three. I think it'd be a close game. Um, I think it comes down to shooting free throws and, and threes. If we can't hit our threes and free throws, I'll take Miami by like 15, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think it's when this team can shoot, game. though, they can hang with anyone. You know That's mean? the thing. We saw that game against Notre Dame two weeks ago. We lost by four in overtime. Then, you know, when we crushed Notre Dame at the start of the season, um, you know, hung in some close games against uh, Louisville and a couple other teams. Like, who do we play? Uh, UNC the second time at home. We put up a good fight. Um, so, you know, this team's really looked solid all year, I thought. Definitely beat expectations for year one of the Earl Grant era. Um, I mean, the future's bright, too, you know. You see freshmen like Jaden Zachary and Kanye Jones really stepping up. Um, and then a lot of four-star recruits um, coming in next year, uh, two guys. So, really exciting for the future of the program. Um, I got BC by six tonight. Um, last home game of the year, I think. They really want to cap this thing off right for yeah. the um, season. I mean, you know, they're going to come up and play really hard, especially after a tough loss against Clemson last weekend. Um, and then, you know, they had been hot before that too, beating NC State and Florida State the first time they won two ACC games in a row all year. Um, Miami's been hot, though. They're 12-6 and six in the conference, 29 overall. Uh, that's good enough to land them the number four spot in the conference right now. Um, they're looking solid like an ACC championship contender right now. Um, one player to watch for, out for, Cam McGusty. He's been averaging almost 18 points in the season. Um, he's an efficient shooter, too, at 47%. Um, definitely someone BC is going to have to watch out with, uh, for because he's a 40% three-point shooter. Oh, yeah, it's um, tough. And, you know, we've seen how this team can kind of get torched by a lot of shooters. Like, even Clemson last week, Chase Hunter and Alamir Dawes kind of killed us out there. We didn't really have an answer for their shooting. Um, so we're definitely going to have to match uh, fire with fire. And, you know, we'll need some hot performances from guys like Brevin Galloway and Makai out there. Um, yeah kind of match that shooting because when this team can shoot they can win uh, against anybody really it seems like yeah it'll be interesting i'm gonna go as i said bc by three um they still play miami tonight tonight at nine and then georgia tech also they should be georgia tech um, so they can prove their seeding um since right now the 10 to 13 seeds all have six acc wins so it'll really come down to these uh last two games louisville clemson Pittsburgh and BC all got six ACC wins. Um, squeaking out a win tonight would be huge, and then hopefully beating Georgia Tech, you'd have eight ACC wins, which six right now is honestly an improvement. That's, that's been positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my target at the start of the so. season. When we uh, talked on week one or two about our goals for BC basketball for the season. I said six or seven ACC wins is a success, and it really has been. I mean, six and 12 on the ACC isn't a bad record at all for a team that is really kind of depleted and just in a total rebuild right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So if the conference tournament's done tonight, I believe it'd be BC playing Pittsburgh in the first round on March 8th. Um, but obviously there's two games left, so a lot can change since, as I said, there are four teams with six ACC wins uh, between the 10, mm-hmm. 11, 12, and 13 seeds. Um, so we'll see. I think if they win one game the ACC tournament, I mean, let's say they beat Pittsburgh one game. I mean, that's an That's, an that's impressive on its own. We haven't won an ACC tournament game forever, it feels yeah, like. it'd be an improvement on its own. I mean, just, just being able to stay close in the game, because, I mean, there's been a lot of ACC tournament games in the past where we've gotten blown out. There's been a couple close ones, but... You know, we haven't really competed too much in the ACC tournament since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, freshman year, I think we played Notre Dame in the first round or two since years Reggie ago. Since the Reggie Jackson days, the Big East. Um, yeah, seriously. Um, I mean, Reggie the GOAT. Yeah, we played Notre Dame, a team that, you know, we had a chance to beat two years ago, and then we got beat by 20 down in North Carolina for that game. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's been a tough couple of years for BC basketball in the ACC, tor- ACC tournament. But this year is really different the way this team has looked. Um I mean, since the Wake Forest game, we haven't lost by more than... We lost by 20 to Syracuse, but besides that, we haven't lost by more than, like, 13 points since 
December, um, which is really impressive. So, um, you know, proud of the way this team has kind of hung in a lot of close games this season. Um, you know, really played ACT teams hard. Um, you know, it's definitely a step up from what we've seen in the Jim Christian days when we'd be getting beat by like 40 points against Syracuse or something like that. Um, definitely a huge step up this season. So I'm really excited about the future of this team. And I really think we could pull off one ACC win um, in the tournament. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see us move on. And then we'd end up getting stuck against a team like Notre Dame or UNC. Yeah, um, attack or something, yeah. Mm-hmm, which, obviously, UNC, uh, I mean, Hardly I love betting for yeah. BC, but I'm taking yeah. UNC in that one. But Notre Sean Dame, who's the two-seed, actually, right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, Notre Dame being the two-seed in the ACC right now, I kind of think they're a fluke. I mean, they've been hot all year, but they don't really have talent like the other teams do. Um, I mean, you got to get like Prentice Hub, who's a great scorer and a great leader for that team. Um, but, you know, beyond him, it's, you know, kind of anyone's game out there. Um, and we've seen BC hang close with that team both times they played this year. We actually beat them by 20 the first time and then had a tough overtime loss without Karnick or Post or uh, who else fouled out? Johnny Thompson that game. Johnny Thompson, Vandebon oh, fouled Vickers out. Staff. Vandebon fouled out, I'm pretty sure, too, yeah. the first five minutes. Yeah, we had a couple injuries. Minutes, I, forget, I forget who was injured and who fouled out, but we had no big man at the there end There was of the no Connick at post, and then everyone else just fouled out. Yeah, DeMar Lineford was playing center in overtime, which is crazy. Well, post was out, Connick fouled out, and then there was yeah, one Vander other guy. Yeah, Vandebon fouled out, and Vander Vander Vickers, out Bickerstaff minutes. was injured. Yeah, there you go. So Bickerstaff and... And Johnny Thompson fouled out, too. Yes, so Bickerstaff was out, and Post was out for the game. But I think my conference prediction of the ACC tournament, I'm going to go Duke over... I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Wake... I don't know, I, I, They've been playing stronger. They're twenty-two and eight. They're fifteen and two at home. They're twelve and seven in the um, ACC. I think they can make a little bit of a run. I'm gonna go Duke over Wake. Um, that's my prediction. I think BC can win a game. And if they do, that's an improvement. Even if they don't, I mean, they played better than I thought. Or uh, you know, anyone would coming into. I said six wins would be great, um, which which they did. But still, saying six wins for a team that's only won you know five ACC games in the last two years with Jim Christian, whatever it was. I think it was five. Um, having six is just an improvement. So, but yeah, what do you got for predictions? I got Duke over Wake. Game, but I, yeah, it should be a good one. Um, so I got the rivalry. I know Duke-UNC is a huge rivalry coming up this weekend. Average tickets for the game were going for like $5,000, something crazy, because it's Coach K's last um, game yeah. versus UNC at home. True. Uh, but both teams have been super hot all year, Duke being number one in the ACC, uh, fourth overall in the country right now, and then UNC being 14-5 and five in the ACC. They've been hot all year. Um, I mean, obviously, Duke's got loads of talent with guys like Wendell Moore and Paolo Bonchero. You really can't stop them. Um, I don't see any way that any team is going to beat them. Uh, I have them going all the way. Um, and then UNC has looked really good all year as well. Um, they've won their last four ACC games in a row and six out of the last seven. Um, they've been really hot as well, and they're most likely going to be on the other sides of the bracket, so I really don't see any team stopping either of those two until the finals. Um, so I got Duke over UNC by 12 in the finals um should be a great game yeah yeah, should be a good acc tournament um but those tickets i mean those teams are both really unstoppable right now um they're both two solid tournament teams and we'll probably see them both go far in march madness i'll go duke over wake by eight i don't know i just kind of thought wake and i was like yeah screw it i'm going wake so i'll go Mm -hmm. duke over wake by they've been good this year too i mean they're solid yeah they crushed bc when we played them they beat us by 30 they're a good team um so really quick well, when they get out there, yeah, go, go ahead and talk about Just the really quick, CAA. Uh, Northeastern will play William & Mary on March 5th in D.C. Um, for the first round of the CAA tournament. Um, Northeastern defeated them last week, last Thursday, um, at home, 62-28. to It's the lowest amount of points Northeastern's given up since 1960. Um, behind Chris Dardy's 13 points and 15 rebounds. I noted him transfer played very well. Um, nine points and nine rebounds to Shaq Walters. Uh, he's a senior who's graduating. 
and Nia, 13 points with Jason Strong um, as well. Both of those guys are seniors, Waltz and Strong. Two of the last guys I know on the team, so we're losing an era there of knowing everyone on the Northeastern basketball team. But with COVID, missing a year, and also having it be you know my freshman year too, I didn't, I didn't go to as many games I wanted to. I still went to probably about seven home games, but um, I only went to three this year. So um, it was definitely tough to get out to as many games, but um, still nice to see Shaq Walls and Jason Strong on their senior day. Um, they played really well, both of them, and you know that game was a tough loss um, to Elon, but they both had you know some nice runs in it. Um, strong probably had 14 points, I believe, at the top of my head, and Walls has had, I think, eight. Um, but Northeastern finished the year 2-16 and 16 in the CAA, which is just unprecedented. 8-21 and 21 overall. They're always, you know, 12-6, and 11-7 in the CAA, and usually, you know, 20-10 and 10 overall. But having to be 8-21, and 21, uh, that's obviously tough. Bill Cohen right now is going for his um, 19th, which would be the most CAA tournament wins of all time. Absolute legend. Um, if they can close out a game, I don't see why not. They can't win a couple games. They have the talent. It's just, it's just about putting it together. They just got to close a game. Um, they need a true point guard. Um, obviously, we had one with Tyson Walker um, transferred to Michigan State. Walker was unreal last year. He averaged 19 points a game, and then I think 11 his freshman year. Um, he was elite. Um, he actually had a game winner, too, for Michigan State against number four Purdue um, this past weekend on Saturday. Beat them on a game-winning shot. It was tough to lose him. Um, they haven't really had a true point guard since. Nikola Jogo, another Notre Dame transfer, played really well this year, but 6'6", 6'7", guys, he's a guard, bigger guard, but I wouldn't say he's a point guard, he's more of like a shooting guard, uh, he did bring the ball up just like Shaq Walton, Jamil Telfit, um, but I hope they can win a game or two, I think they can be William and Mary, and then who knows where they'll go after that, um, but hoping they can win a game, and uh, I'll be rooting for my boys there, Jason Strong, Shaq Walters, um, Jamil Telfit, all of them, roll skis, you already know, but mm-hmm. there you had, to go. That, had to give that prediction, and then also, I'll take Kentucky, to the SEC. That's my last Okay, there you go. Yeah, I actually want to talk about a couple other conferences as well. Kentucky, obviously, um, the runaway favorite in the SEC right now. But there's also been some solid other teams, Alabama and Tennessee in that conference. I think Alabama actually has a shot to win that as well. Um, you know, they looked good the last few weeks. Um, one conference I wanted to talk about was the Big East. They've been incredible this year. Um, you know, teams like Providence, um, UConn, Villanova, um, Marquette's been really good this year. Um, so, I mean, tons of teams that can win this conference, a lot of teams that will make March Madness and be able to make deep runs. Um, Providence right now, um, actually they locked up the Big East, uh, for the regular season, um, being 14 and three in the conference right now. Um, so that was impressive. Um, my pick for the Big East right now is Villanova. They've been so hot all year, uh, 15 and four in the conference and you see the way they hang in these big games. Um, beyond their one blowout loss to Baylor at the start of the year, only scoring 36 points against that team. Um, I mean, Baylor's one of the best teams in the country, but only scoring 36 points against any team is tough. Um, so, you know, seeing that game kind of is a bit of a head-scratcher looking towards March Madness and once they start facing more difficult teams. Um, but you see the way this team always plays in the postseason under Jay Wright. They're always so call, uh, calm and collected. Um, you know, they're just ready for tournament time every year it seems like um regardless of their seating regardless of how they played in the regular season um so that's my pick in that conference and then looking at the big 10 which was just locked up by wisconsin the other day and a huge win over purdue um that was a crazy game uh i actually got illinois running it back and winning the big 10 again um they've been a good team all year they've been hot the last few weeks they had a three-point loss to ohio state um who's number 22 in the country um last week but Beyond that, they've had a couple of long win streaks this year. Um, they've been looking good this year, beating Michigan State a couple weeks ago, 79-74. to 
Um, I mean, they've played every team tough this year. They haven't really gotten blown out by anyone. Um, I mean, we saw how physical they play. Um, you know, Kofi Cockburn's been holding it down again this year. He's arguably the best center in college basketball, easily nice. one of them. Um, yeah, he is a beast. He's shooting 60% from the field, averaging 21 points a game. He's really just unstoppable, that guy. Um, I actually had Illinois going really far last year. I had him going to the Elite Eight. I mean, they were a one seed, so I guess it's not that hot of a take. Um, but I would definitely keep an eye on them as a winner for the Big Ten. Um, I mean, there's a couple other good teams, like Wisconsin, too. That's a uh, team to keep your eye on, uh, and Purdue as well. But I definitely think Illinois, they got the experience. They got the talent. Um, so I think this conference is theirs to take right now. Yeah, uh, one thing. Last year, Mike Curley called a couple, which is nuts, couple, called both Oral Roberts wins over, I think it was Arkansas second nuts. round, and then Ohio Mike. State first round. He somehow did it. This year, Summit League um, has been dominated by South Dakota State, uh, the 27-4, but uh, Oral Roberts will be playing uh, Western Illinois for the first round game. Uh, they'll be playing them on Sunday, March 6th. Uh, I'm going to take Oral Roberts to win that division. Hopefully they can run it back. Max A. Smith, the absolute GOAT. Um, he's been going to they lose? Obernard at Texas Tech? Last year, they lost to Florida, I believe. Or no, they lost um, Obernor, right? He transferred to Texas Tech. Oh, Obernor, yeah. Obernor left, yeah, Texas Tech. Tough transfer. He was a great player. but uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, 20... he was big for them in the uh, tourney last yeah, he's year. Yeah, beast. I mean, Tough loss. Asmus last year averaged 24 and a half a game. He's at 22.7 this year, shooting 39% from three, which is nuts. He's been electric. He's a great wow. player. Mike Curry somehow called that. This year, he's calling TCU. Yeah, that's crazy that he called that. TCU, okay. He's got TCU in a couple games. I'm going to take TCU in the Big 12 just because he's rolling with them. I mean, he, he knew more last year than I did. I'm going to take TCU in the Big 12 tourney. I don't know. That's what he's going with. I'm going with it for him. Uh, I'll take them to, to win a few go. games. I mean, they've been, they had a great win the other night. They beat uh, number six, Kansas, for the second straight top 10 win. I mean, they're just absolute wow, dogs. I'm going to take them to win the Big 12 tournament for Mike Curley. Um, and I mean, then, all it takes is getting hot at the right time. You beat Kansas, you can beat anyone. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I get Kentucky. take. Win the SEC, um, uh, you know, dominant team. That's my that's my mm -hmm. squad. I'm going Alabama for the SEC just to get my picks for every conference. I respect that. I respect um, that. I mean, we saw the way they looked last year and this year. Um, you know, returning a lot of the same core. Um, you know, getting to a number two seed in uh, March Madness last year, and you know, going pretty deep as well. Yeah, I mean, I got Big Ten. I'll go Purdue, um, and then Big East. I don't know. That's tough. I'll go Villanova, but I feel like Providence. Though. I, I like Providence just because you know. Around here. Yeah, I like seeing Providence being that um, high. I mean, I wish that I like was us, but... Yeah, I'll go Villanova um, just to go there. DePaul, 14-14 overall. Mm -hmm. I rolled with them a little freshman year. Um, good team. Um, they, they actually were Lob City against BC. It was nuts, but I'll go... Yeah, I'll go were. Villanova, but I mean, I wouldn't mind, though. Providence DePaul would be a hot there, take to win that tournament. They're no, I'm not taking them to win it, okay. but I, I do like a 14-14 gritty mm -hmm. team. Yeah, they're pretty good. They had a Great Paul team. Reed when they came to BC. Oh, yeah. Nasty. Yeah, now. Yeah, he's really um, good. And then also their point guard was Charlie something. Transferred to Miami. Starts there now. But can't mm -hmm. remember the name off the top of my head. He's playing that night, though. Charlie something. I don't know why I can't remember. But regardless, um, one thing I wanted to highlight real quick. Emmanuel Women's Basketball. Shout out to Timmy Loftus again. Absolute wagon of a team. 25-1 and one on the year. Um, they just won the GNAC tournament. A 78-70 win over St. Joseph's College of Maine. Um, and they actually played Brooklyn um, for the first round of the NCAA Division Three tournament. Um, Friday, so this coming Friday at five o'clock, we'll be rooting for them. They won it again. Absolutely, absolute wagon. Our twenty-five and one, Roll Saints. Um, we'll mm -hmm. see how it goes, but I just want to highlight them real for quick. Sure. They've, they've had a great season. Sixteen over conference too. Don't actually, yeah. Speaking of women's basketball, I want to highlight BC women's basketball. Um, they're actually a bubble team for March Madness right mm -hmm. now, which would be really cool to see them make it. Uh, they play a first round ACC game against Florida State tomorrow, uh, which should be a big game. They've looked good all year. They've had a couple big wins. Actually, almost beat 
Number five, NC State at home um, in front of a pad crowd because that was the game they were selling out the Duke tickets. Um, that was a crazy game getting Electric. to see that game in person. Uh, they had a big win against Notre Dame a few weeks ago um, at home as well. Um, you know, they definitely have a tournament resume, and I think an ACC win or two, at least one will get them definitely in the bubble. They've been seen as one of the last four in teams by ESPN, and I think an ACC uh, tournament win will definitely bolster that. Um, and then looking forward, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in a play on uh, a playing game, uh, like one of the first four teams being you know one of the lower seeds in March Madness. That's what a lot of people are projecting them to be. Um, but either way, it'll definitely be really cool to see them um, playing a big game on a national stage. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully they can win it. That NC State game was electric. Um, that was really Cam cool. Cam Swords was nasty. I mean, mm-hmm. they were just drilling. She's been unreal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She can shoot from anywhere on the court. They were all good. Taylor Soul had a really good game, too. They were um, good she's always consistent. Mm-hmm. NC State had some fans, too. I mean, me and uh, our roommate Jack was, were having a conversation with one of the fans in line. They, some people actually went to the game from NC State. So some dedicated women's basketball fans. I respect it. You know, nice to see. Mm-hmm. They were a good That's team, a lot, though, too. Yeah. NC State and they just, uh, the top five in the country, whatever they were. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that fans traveled. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, They've gotten hot at the right time, too. They've won four out of their last five, um, having some big wins against Duke, beating them by 16 and beating Syracuse by 16 last week. Both of those games were on the road. Um, Swartz being actually the leading scorer in pretty much all of those games. Um, oh, you know, scoring 22, 22, 21, and 20. She's like 30 against Penn State um, again. She's nuts. She's mm-hmm. unreal. Yeah, she's been really nice. And then Maria Gokdan, too, the freshman. Um, she's been racking up um, a lot of awards this season. Cam Swartz actually just won ACC, um, what is it, Most Improved Player of the Year uh, for women's basketball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. She's really one of the best point guards in all of college basketball this year. Um, she's super fun to watch playing, too. Um, I mean, just the way she can shoot, the way she moves around the court. Um, she just a scorer straight up, and you know she's fun to watch. Uh, Taylor Souls had a solid season too. Um, so looking at the BC versus Florida State matchup, they met on February seventeenth. BC took a tough loss at Florida State, sixty six to fifty eight. Um, that was the only time they met this year. Um, you know that was a close game. Regardless, Swartz had twenty two in that game to go with nine rebounds. Um, so we'll definitely need another big performance out of her if we want to take this game. Um, but Definitely open for BC to win a game or two in the uh, ACC tournament. I don't know how they'll fare against the likes of, you know, NC State. Um, you know, it's just an absolute powerhouse right now. I'll take it more uh, seriously, too, NC State now. Those are regular mm-hmm. season games. So they didn't have to care. Yeah, no, it'll be tough without the fans, too. No, the fans definitely right. gave um, BC a huge boost in that game against NC State. Definitely. You know, the whole student section was packed, and there was even overflow seats of students. It's nuts. Um, which is crazy. I'm sure that was an unreal environment for both the fans and the players. That night, and it definitely made a difference in the court. You could just tell by the energy that and the swagger that BC had out there. Um, sending the game to overtime, actually, they had a couple chances to win it in regulation. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't pull it through. But and then uh, made it to overtime. Overtime was close. BC losing by five, I believe it was. Um, but great game overall, and you can really see the way this team can compete against anyone. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, we highlighted Florida State had a solid season. Morgan Jones had 17 points in that game. So I guess that's someone to pay attention to forward for Florida State. Forward to pay attention to probably uh, have to slow her down if you want to win the game. But losing by For eight sure. in that game wasn't a bad one at Florida State. I'll take BC women's basketball by two. I'll take them. We'll roll with them. The eight seed. So eight versus nine is usually 50 50, but obviously Let's BC go. will roll with them. I'll take BC by two, 59 57. Little mm-hmm. lowest scoring, but mm-hmm. I'm going to take BC also. I'm going to go 65 to 61. It should be a close game. Um, you know, Swartz Soul been stepping up all year, and the freshman Maria Gakdai in the center, she's been unreal grabbing boards, blocking shots. Um, she's a great interior defender. I wouldn't be surprised to see her win ACC Freshman of the Year. She's racked up a lot of um, 
freshman of the week. All right, I don't know if they call it rookie of the week or freshman, freshman of the week. Freshman of the week on is, yeah, probably. Yeah. Things um, freshman. Yeah, probably. Or rookie, they call it rookie in college hockey, so maybe it is. Yeah, that changed between different leagues. Freshman, but, um, rookie, same thing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see her win that award for the year. She's won it multiple times for different weeks. Um, the game's going to be at 2 o'clock tomorrow. I'm super excited. I'll definitely have to tune into that. Um, cause I start spring break tomorrow. I'm psyched. So yeah. I'm out of class at 12, and then I'll be chilling watching Florida State. Um, so should be a good game either way. I'm really excited to see uh, how the women's team does. And, I mean, it'd be really cool to see them go dancing. So that's the dream. Yeah. Um, so there you go. You had our predictions for all the ACC women's and men's basketball tournament. Was psyched about that. Uh, for sure. Moving on, MLB. Uh, we'll talk about the MLB walkout. Despite Major League Baseball's owners and the MLB Players Association meeting for nine straight days in Jupiter, Florida over the past week and a half, uh, the two sides could not come to a consensus for a collective bargaining agreement ridiculous. Um, to salvage opening day on March 31st before the original, which was the original deadline, was February 28th. They moved it, extended it to March 1st. just one extra day to try to figure things out. That didn't work either. Mm-hmm. Um, the MLB owners and the union met for 15 hours of negotiations on Monday. You would think they could figure something out in 15 hours. They didn't, uh, you know, magically, of course. Um, and now they I guess they're still very far off in their proposals um, on Tuesday afternoon. So yesterday afternoon, they were still far off. Um, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred announced yesterday that the MLBPA unanimously voted to decline the MLB's final offer uh, before yesterday's 5 p.m. deadline, meaning now we're missing two series of the season. So the first six games of the season for the Red Sox were all at home starting March 31st. Again, I think it was against the Rays and the Orioles. You're losing all six of those mm-hmm. games. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, now it's a short season. It's your second out of three of the last three seasons that are short in seasons. And uh, Manfred's got a lot of work to do to figure out. I mean, there's a lot of things. They've still got a long ways to go. They're still like 50 million off or something crazy. Oh, yeah. Like that. I mean, I, I get all the numbers. I mean, they're all, they're all over the place. They got, among the issues with a collect competitive balance tax, that's been an issue, you know, this whole entire lockout for the past two and a half months. Um, the MLB offered $220 million for the 2022, 2023, and 2024 seasons. Uh, but the MLBPA, the union, uh, their proposal was $238 million in 2022, $244 in 2023, and then $250 in 2024. So there's still $30 million off at least, $18 million, $24 million, and then $30 million off there. And then the pre-arbitration bonus pool, that has been a complete mess. Um, the MLBPA was offering... Uh, they were requesting $150 million last week. They lowered their offer yesterday uh, to $85 million, but the MLB owners stayed put at $25 million. So there's another $60 million. It's a, you know, high stakes on both sides. I mean, yeah, they both seriously. want their money. I mean, I think the players want to play too, but I think they want their money at the same time. So mm-hmm. Yeah, the players the place. don't really want to be the first one to back out. It's kind of like both team, or both sides of the disagreement see yeah. that if they wait longer, then yeah, the other side will down. eventually back in. but. They don't want to back down. That's the thing. I mean, they agreed on one thing. I mean, they agreed on 12-team postseason, so I, I guess one thing's positive. Yeah, that works. They got that. But uh, as a result, March 31st will no longer be the 2022 season's opening day, unfortunately, and the MLB announced uh, the first two series of the season, I said, would be canceled. So that's devastating as a baseball fan. Um, this is, once again, the second out of the last three seasons that won't complete the 162-game marathon. Um, and this is also the first time games have been canceled since the 1995 season due to a work stoppage. So... I know we had the games canceled because of COVID a couple of years ago, but that wasn't the exact same. Obviously, that was a health thing, a little bit different. This is, you know, obviously a work stoppage due to uh, the collective bargain agreement not being uh, agreed to before their deadline, which is honestly depressing as a baseball fan since I love baseball. I love having day games in April mm-hmm. uh, and having something to watch every day. I love baseball more than anything. Yeah, really. it's always it's nice. Just, it just really feels like spring. You know, you get back from class, turn on the TV, Red Sox yeah. are on. Anything. Um, I mean, I watch I mean, top two. I and You never know how far this thing is going to get delayed now. Um, considering that season won't start till what the seventh or the eighth right now. Who knows? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Day by day, it's just gonna get later and later. So it's, um, it's tough. Just hope for the best. I know pitches. I mean, myself. You meet at least like 
I mean, me, I used to use like three weeks with, you know, practice before a season started. But MLB pitchers need like six weeks of throwing in a bullpen and then, you know, exhibition games, stuff like that. Hitters need, you know, just about two to three weeks to get back in the swing of things. Fielding, probably two weeks. The pitching needs a lot of time to get their arm back in shape. And there's going to be a lot of injuries this coming year, unfortunately, to pitching because they weren't ready and weren't prepared. Uh, they didn't have the, you know, month of exhibition games they typically do. And that's the problem. Let's say they magically come to agreement March 9th, a week from now. You still need like a week probably or two of free agency because I've highlighted every week now that guys like Freddie Freeman and Trevor Story and Carlos Correa haven't been signed yet. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to need probably two weeks of spring training. They're all just warming up their arms and bats and everything. And then you're going to need probably two or three weeks of like an, of a preseason. I mean, even if they came to agreement right now, I don't know how you could start on April 7th when you know you don't have guys that are ready. Pitching's not ready. I mean, there are guys mm-hmm. that are still free agents. Yeah, that's really what, less than five weeks away, April 7th. So It's really a mess. It's really unrealistic at this point that – they even start then. It really um, is a mess. Especially with, you know, pitchers needing that much time. Oh, so. definitely. And and my our family friend, Timmy Loftus, the GOAT, uh, just texted me he wants to get back to Fenway. I mean, me too. I mean, we all do. Because the fans are second. Yeah, seriously. I'm completely with you there. And I know it's honestly selfish that the MLBPA and the owners couldn't come to an agreement. Um, I think the players say they want to play in everything. At the same time, if they really want to play that bad, they would really probably just start cutting all their money in half and saying, okay, I'll play for you know, 60 million is the arbitration pool rather than 115, now they're at 85. But regardless, I mean, they want their side to be right. The union wants their side, you know, the MLBPA, the union wants their side to be right. The MLB owners want their side to be right. So, I mean, it's a mess, really. You're, I really, as a fan, came inside of either side because I just feel like they're both just doing the same thing. So, mm-hmm. it's really hard. It's, you yeah, know, it's it sucks for young players, too. Because mm-hmm. um, now just spring training will be cut. Regardless. Definitely. Now spring training will be cut. So, now single A and double A guys that usually can try to show what they can do to try to move up a class from single A to double A won't be able to do that if it's only like a two or three week exhibition uh, mm-hmm. series now, you know, two or three week. Yeah, exhibition gonna season going to make it a lot harder um, for those guys definitely got to feel for them um, but we'll see how it goes we'll, we'll continue to cover that hopefully you know we'll see how things go but realistically I don't see baseball starting by like April 20th right now and that's just realistic I mean I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know I, I and that's if they come to an agreement soon that's which it. hopefully they do I mean then they can negotiate I think tomorrow they can start talking again so I don't know which okay. will be March 3rd so we'll see how that yeah, goes hope for the best with that um, but yeah we'll keep you guys posted obviously um, but tough situation as it is right now um, uh, Bruins, Celtics. Yeah, let's move into the Bruins. Um, we so we'll do a quick speed round of each. Uh, we'll give each like five minutes as we only got about 10 minutes left. Uh, so the Bruins had a tough loss to the Anaheim Ducks last night, 4-3. Um, you know, tough game for the team that, you know, has been really playing well the last few weeks. Um, what did you see out there? Yeah, they won five in a row actually before this game. Um, the Ducks, you know, were coming in. Uh, I think they were pretty decent, pretty even with the Bruins. Um, the Bruins beat... You know, the NHL's best team, the Colorado Lynch, 5-1, to one, and then also beat a good a team win. in L.A. The L.A. Kings 7-0 on Monday night. Second night of a back-to-back typically isn't easy for a basketball team or a hockey team. The Bruins struggled early and followed themselves in a 3-1 deficit. Mm-hmm. Uh, to it's been a long road trip, too. Year. We had the Sharks and the Kraken before oh, that. Oh, yeah. So. It's a long road trip. San Jose, I mean, Seattle. These guys are gassed. Then to L.A., Anaheim. Going yeah, to Vegas tomorrow Vegas, night, too. Vegas, so. yeah. These guys are definitely gassed. It's been a long but road trip for the They team. did win five in a row before that, and but finding themselves in a 3-1 deficit after the first period was tough. They did fight back. David Pasternak had his 29th goal of the season um, in the third period to tie the game. But the Bruins did surrender a goal uh, to former BU uh, standout center Trevor Zegers with 22 seconds left in regulation for the game winner. Uh, the Bruins fell 4-3, as Zach said. So after a rough start to the contest, though, it's a positive uh, that they came back and made a close game. They do have a tough... Yeah, starting down 3-1, uh, start of the second period, then, you know, and clawing back to make it 3-3, and then only giving them a goal with 22 seconds left. That's not bad at all. Um, I mean, looking at the box score, the Bruins did play pretty well. They had outshot Anaheim 34-28. to um, They did get a couple more penalties, though, um, which ended up hurting us in the end. 
with Zegers' goal coming on the power play. Um, and actually their first goal from uh, Raquel was also a power play goal. Um, so, you know, it's kind of tough to see that. Um, but, I mean, team's been hot, so really can't complain after beating the Kings 7-0 on, what was it, Monday night? Or, yeah, Monday night. And then uh, had a big win over the Avalanche 5-1, you know, the best team in the league on President's Day. So still got to be happy with the team this uh, the way this team's been playing and the way they're looking up for the rest of the season. Yeah, Jeremy Swimman, got text from Mike Curley, got his contribution in here. He's had defensive laps. has been an issue for the Bruins, obviously. That's been a thing all season we've talked about. Uh, but Jeremy Swimman Swimman's been playing really well. He was Rookie of the Month, actually, for February, 5-1-1 one, one with a 1.13 uh, goals against average and 96 save percentage with two shutouts in seven games. He was elite. Had a great game Monday night against the Kings, yeah. Yeah, played well. I, I mean, at least tomorrow night will be a good one. He stopped 190 of the 198 shots he faced, so... And yielded two goals or wow. fewer in six of his seven starts. This comes from NHL.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so 134 for 34 in one night versus the Kings. Absolutely. Yeah, he's 23 years old. Debrusk had a hat trick that night, too. I want to shout that out. Debrusk, yeah, I know. Me and my crew were talking about that. It might up his price, which might help. I'd keep him just because how well he's played. But um, obviously, if he doesn't want out, if he wants out, I never want a guy that doesn't want to be on my team. I'd usually just mm-hmm. trade him and say, screw yeah, it. Yeah, so. Sam, you don't want that. Um, yeah, I mean, if he can keep playing like this for the team, and if he can start to claw back to the way he was in 2018, 2019, um, you know, it'll help our depth tremendously and, you know, really helped us moving towards the playoffs. You know, this team has kind of struggled with depth offensively and defensively this year. Absolutely. Um, so there's that take on the Bruins. Hopefully they figure things out tomorrow and get back on track. Five and one in their last six, though, not bad. Hopefully not bad the all. Kings tomorrow night. Um, Thursday night game in Vegas, so that'd be a good one. But Celtics, we had a couple minutes to talk mm-hmm. about them. Speed around for the Celtics, um, yeah. Despite losing two of the last four games, the Pacers and the Pistons, they did recover last night. They were down 14 at half. Did beat the Hawks. We're big down win. 17 at one point. Yeah. Down 17, down 14. Happened. It was a long game. They did come back. Jalen Brown did get hurt. He exited early. Uh, Ime mm. Odoka did Not supposed to be today. a long term injury, though. He said shouldn't keep him out weeks. Probably keep him out a couple games, hopefully. But he said they're still swelling on his ankles. So I doubt he'll play tomorrow against Memphis. But just three minutes into the game, was hurt. Um, Tatum played well in his absence. 12 or 25. Was tough. He was on the ground for a while, too. I was pretty nervous seeing that. Um, yeah, so you never want to see him down, especially since he's always yeah. hurt. Him, Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. you never get Yeah, last him. year in the playoffs was brutal with that. I'm um, definitely need him moving forward in the season. So, super thankful that it's only a short term injury. Um, Tatum had a great game last night, 33 points. Uh, he really led the way for the team. Um, you know, really got hot in that second quarter and uh, third quarter when he started making a comeback um, in front of a sold out TD Garden crowd. So, you know, great to see that. Um, the Hawks have struggled this year, but. They've actually, I think the Hawks are better than the record shows. Um, still a good win for the team. Uh, Trey Young played well for the Hawks, as he always does. Had 31 points, shooting 12 for 25. Um, you know, he still got his, and we were still able to come out and get the win. Um, yeah, big win. So, big win for the team. Got a big game against nine. Memphis tomorrow night. He's been really hot. Memphis is third. number oh, third in the West right now. They're wow, unreal. okay. Um, yeah, John they've been Marantz, really hot this year. John Moran's been unreal the last few games. 46 of um, 52 points, his last two performances. Mm-hmm. So he's coming in hot. Uh, to yeah, the, the last few weeks has been crazy. Celtics right now getting shout-outs from guys like AI. Yeah, he's been he's been killing it. Celtics right now currently six in the East would avoid a play in if it's playoffs time today. So got to stay hot. Obviously, Grant Williams played really well yesterday, six eleven for four eighteen points. Um, and also newly acquired guy, maybe you're a big fan of him. Uh, Derek White. White yep. He had eighteen points and five assists to help the Celtics win the game. Yeah, he had a great game. He's been shooting pretty well. Um, I mean, and his three balls been struggling too. And we know that'll come back. Um, but just the way he fits within the team, the way he plays hard every single play, that's really what I love and. I think he's a perfect compliment to Marcus Smart in the backcourt, um, and a great compliment to guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as well. Uh, fits perfectly in our offense and defense. Um, Celtics are actually sixth right now, as you said, um, but you know the top of the East is wide open right now. We're only five games behind the first seed, actually. 
Um, still with what? I gotta do some quick math. 18 games left to play. Bingo! Um, Look at you. <laughs> I know I pulled that one out quick. Uh, but you know it's really anyone's game right now to win the Eastern Conference. Um, you know you got teams with the Heat, the Bulls, Sixers, Bucks, Cavs, and then Celtics in that order. Um, we're only half a game behind the Cavs right now. I definitely think if we can keep our hot streak up, we have an easier schedule in March, one of the easiest in the league, actually. Uh, we could see this team ideally move up to the three or four seed by the time the playoffs roll around mid-April. Um, and then that would put us uh, in an easier matchup, hopefully against a team like the Raptors, um, which would be absolutely huge for us. Um, I mean, because the way it's looking right now, if we started the playoffs today, we'd play the Sixers, who I wasn't actually super worried about, and I'm still waiting to see. I'm I mean, worried. I think we're still a bit us. in the honeymoon phase with them with Embiid and Harden. They're only 2-0 and right now, but they've had two big wins. Yeah, um, but, I mean, I don't you know, when you make a big trade like that, you kind of expect to win games by that much just because everyone's super stoked. Um, I wouldn't expect those kind of dominated performances to continue every night, um, but they're still a threat to win the East right now. Um, but that would be a close series either way if we ended up playing the Sixers, uh, but I would take the Celtics in that one still, actually. Um, you know, it'd probably go to seven realistically either way. Um, but, you know, the East is really wide open right now, so... I'm looking at the Celtics getting a three or four seed right now. I said at the start of the year, I think the Celtics can be a three seed, and uh, I'm sticking by that. I'll take them at five or six. I still don't think we're beating. I've said it before, Sixes, Nets. We have a highways every Sixes, Nets, Bucks. I don't think we beat any of them in a seven-game series. But I do think we're improving. We're definitely getting better. I still don't see us stopping and beating. Now with Harden, too, if he stays on, he's you know back in shape all of a sudden. He's not hurt. He's completely healthy now all of a sudden, which you knew was going to happen when he got traded. I think we can move up the uh, standings. We've got a lot of easy games coming up. we got um. Brooklyn, who's been short-handed, the Hornets, the then uh, Pistons, got the Kings Pistons coming up, the Thunders, uh, the Thunder, I just said the Thunders. <laughs> Thunders, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah seriously. Um, but easier schedule coming up for the Celtics, so uh, definitely excited for the next few weeks. Um, hopefully we keep moving up the standings. I mean, we're really close um, in general. You know, only five games from the first seed, only a couple games behind the third seed, so... Uh, it's really anyone's ball game right now, and why not the Celtics? I mean, they've been yeah, really hot. I think so. five or six would be solid. I just think if you're losing games to the Pistons and the Pacers, and almost losing to the Hawks last night, I just and you beat a lot of bad teams too. I don't know. I just don't think they're as good as you know they've played in the past few games since they've had some easier games, especially losing some of the easy games. That's tough. But then mm-hmm. again, that's a long season. Maybe they can figure things out. I'm hoping, but uh, for sure. And their defense has really stepped up big time the last few weeks. Also, I think that's a major difference, and a couple of the changes they made, getting rid of Schroeder and adding. Uh, Derek White, the defense of this team looks a lot stronger. Um, you know, having guys like Smart, Derek White, and Rob Williams, who are all defensive studs now. So, definitely a big. Uh... Absolutely. So, we got a minute left. Uh, we'll wrap up, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, just want to get one more roll of skis in. Never worry, no worries. Big uh, games coming up for them in hockey and basketball. Uh, some quick shout outs. Shout out Mike Curry, the guru, always contributing. Uh, Timmy Loftus, the whole Loftus family. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Lisa, uh, Jean, Helena, Finn, Tristan, Finn and Tristan, both goats, uh, and the whole O'Malley family. Thank you guys for listening in. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Um, my whole family and all my friends, Mark Walsh. Thank you guys. My parents, you guys are great for listening. And, uh, really quick, happy birthday to my sister. Birthday's tomorrow, actually. Happy birthday. Thursday. Happy birthday, Mary Rose. Um, should be a good one. Shout out BTS and Jungkook. I know she's a big fan of them. Um, so had to get my quick shout-outs in. Anything Let's you want go. to say before um, we Yeah, thank you guys for listening again. Um, obviously, it's been another great week. We'll see you guys in two weeks for our March Madness preview. We're super excited about that. Um, yeah. We'll see you guys then. Yeah, so March 16th it'll be, uh, 7 to 8 p.m. And then one really quick thing. Uh, 
on a more serious note, just praying for peace in the Ukraine. Um, I know it's not sports, uh, but it's humanity, and my heart goes out to them, hoping things uh, work out. Hope, hopefully there's peace at some point soon. Um, obviously, we're praying and hoping for that since things have been really rough there. So thank you guys so much for listening, though. Stay safe and well. Uh, have a good week over the next week. We'll see you guys March 16th, uh, 7, 8 p.m. We'll be back. So thank you guys so much again. Have a great night.